Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again with another great episode for y'all. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about prisons, right? Prisons are in the business of making prisons, right? And let me explain what I mean by that when I say that, because I know a lot of people may disagree with what I'm about to say, and I understand that, and I, I accept that too, right? And if you do disagree with what I'm about to say, or agree with what I'm about to say, hit me up on the message button on the podcast on Anchor. If you listen to us, a message button on there. If you listen to the podcast on any other uh, podcast platforms, send me a message to my email at doingtimewithjoet at gmail.com and let me know what you think about this episode. Or you can check me out on my YouTube page, which is up at Doing Time With Joe, right? So whatever you feel and however you feel about what I'm about to say, hit me up. I want to know what you got on your mind, right? Now, let's talk about how prisons are in the business of making prisons, right? I was watching this episode, man, of uh, Law and Order SUV. I'm sure y'all are familiar with that. And during this episode, right, there were these women that were being held captive in a basement, right, by this dude, like some real creepy stuff, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, the uh, police, they end up finding all of these women, and some of them had had kids right by this dude, right? But anyway, whenever the, uh, the police officers, they took all of these women to the hospital and had them checked out, and they were questioning one of the women, and this woman was, uh, the, the, the detective was asking her, so like, tell us about how he was treating y'all. And then this lady said that he had them brainwashed to the point to where they said, good, when, good girls do good things and get good rewards. Bad girls do bad things and they get punished, right? So I heard the detective say that's called a parent I may be pronouncing this wrong, but it's O-P-E-R-A-N-T, right? Conditioning, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, what is that, right? So I wrote it down, and then when I had a chance to look it up, I learned that the definition of that is O-parent conditioning. It's sometimes referred to as instrumental conditioning. It's a method of learning that uses rewards and punishment to modify behavior, right? And through O-parent conditioning behavior, that is rewarded is likely to be repeated and behavior that is punished uh, will likely decrease, right? So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute, that sounds like what they do to us in prison, you know? If we do something that they like, they reward us. If we do something that they don't like, they punish us. And on the surface, to me, that sounded pretty neat, right? It was like, I can dig that. I understand why they have to do something. We're in prison for something, right? But then when I looked at it deep and I just kept thinking about it over and over all weekend, I'm like, that can be dangerous too because the things that they use to reward our behavior is also setting us up for things in the future to be more of a, more conditioned to do what the system wants as opposed to what is good for me, the individual. Let me give you an example, right? In prison, um, if you cooperate, right? Let's say you get caught up on something and you cooperate. They'll be lenient on you, right? And in my opinion, that's like a reward. You give them something, they give you something. Now, I could be wrong about how I'm using this in relation to the issues in here, but and if I am, let me know. But they give you something in exchange for the information that you give or the cooperation that you give, right? Now, when I was in prison years ago, well, I haven't been out, don't get it twisted, right? But years ago, there was this guy at this institution that I was at, right? And he was what they called an informant. And this guy would tell on any and everybody, right? But he would always be involved in things. So they were using this method, in my opinion, with him. What happened was this dude ended up getting out of prison and the chaplain that he worked for 
gave him a job at his uh, ranch. Uh, so this guy is at the ranch, and he's working. But he had not changed his behavior. His behavior had not changed. So what happened was this. This dude uh, was not doing his job, and the chaplain said, look, if you're not going to do your job, I'm going to have to let you go. So he got mad at the chaplain because, you know, he wanted to drink his little beer and smoke his little weed, and the chaplain said, I can't have that. I'm a chaplain in this community. I can't have you doing it. I'm pastoring in the community, rather. So anyway, he called the police on the pastor and told the police that the pastor was growing weed on the compound, right, on his uh, ranch. So they came out, went over the compound, didn't find anything, and the guy didn't know that the sheriff was a friend of the pastor's, right? So they told him, look, we're going to arrest you for filing a false police report. And then he ended up coming back to prison, and I knew the story because he told us and the chaplain told us the story, right? So what I learned from that was this. Those behavior modifications that they were using with him, you give us something, we give you something. They were rewarding him for his behavior. It didn't really work out the way it's in the book. He thought that all he had to do was make sure that he cooperated with the authorities, give them what they wanted, but he really didn't have to change his behavior. So I got to thinking about this. How do they know if it's changing your behavior because you're doing something that they want you to do and they give you something for it? How do they truly know that it's changing your behavior? You can go on in prison, people get it twisted thinking that as long as I'm following the rules, as long as this particular inmate, and y'all know I don't like using that term because that's slave term, but how does this particular inmate go through life following the rules in prison, but the behavior never changes? How is that? How do they know that this person is being, is responding to this particular conditioning? Other than you look at the institutional record, and I can tell you, that there are many people that are incarcerated that have no write-ups on their jacket, but they are as foul as the day is long on the inside. Right? Foul as the day is long. They have learned that all I have to do is check the boxes. Check the boxes. Check the boxes. No write-ups. No write-ups. No write-ups. But I don't have to change my behavior. Right? Because there's no way that an individual can know that your behavior is changing. There's no way that they can know that. That has to be something that you have to be concerned with. So when I say that prisons are in the business of creating prisoners, what I mean specifically is that what they're trying to do is make sure that your behavior is modified so that they can make sure that they are able to operate the prison. They're not digging deeper to make sure that you've you, that you've changed your behavior so you'll be, you will become a good citizen and a productive person when you get out of here. They're more concerned about how the prison is going to be ran and how you're going to be performing in there. So the responsibility has to be on the individual. We cannot continue to allow the system to say, I'm going to do A, B, and C for this individual, and then based on that, then this person is going to be deemed somebody that is worthy to be released from prison. No. No. If you want true change for yourself, you have to be more involved in the things that are going on in your life, not relying on the system to do it. Yeah, you follow the rules. Yeah, you check all the boxes. But you know yourself that you haven't changed on the inside. You know that. When the, when, when, when the police's head is turned, you can't wait to smoke a cigarette. When the police is not looking, you can't wait to use the cell phone. Now, I've been guilty of that myself, y'all. You feel me? Don't get, don't get it twisted. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking out there and being mean towards y'all. I'm also looking at myself, right? 
I got a lot of work to do too, still. Right? We have to be more involved in our own rehabilitation. Prisons are in the business of making prisoners. They say that they're in the business of rehabilitating, but we all know that's not true. If that were true, they still wouldn't have a 65 to 70% recidivism rate within three years. Come on now. Come on now. And then we get this, we get to get mad and we say, well, they need more programs. They need this. Well, they can come with all the programs they want to, but if you're not going to be engaged and involved where you really want to change your life, then it doesn't matter what program they have. This conditioning, this you learning to manipulate the system by following the rules and making sure you ain't got no write-ups, but you knowing that you haven't changed from the inside, that has to end. It has to be more about personal responsibility. It can't be about being the model inmate. That's what I'm talking about. But look, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm running my mouth now. I'm getting a little long with it. I've been accused of that from time to time, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm cool with that, right? But I'm going to wrap this up for y'all. But if y'all got anything to say about this, positive or negative, let me hear from you. I already told you how. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic, and I say peace, y'all.